Hey friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there. I think it's, it's really important to start where you can, no matter how old your kid is. I don't care if they're like six months from graduating from high school or they're six months old. Just open a savings plan and start saving. And so I say never too early, never too late to start saving. And the other, we actually trademarked this at Invite Education. My favorite phrase is saving a dollar today is better than borrowing one tomorrow. Welcome back to the Building Us podcast. I am Eric Garcia, certified financial planner and financial advisor, and as always, joined by my co-host, Dr. Matt Morris, family therapist specializing in couples counseling. What's happening, Matt? Hey, good morning, Eric. Uh, It's great to uh, be recording again. It's a Tuesday, which typically for me would mean a, a, a day of teaching college students to do family therapy, but you know, we're all at home today learning virtually. Isn't that fantastic? You and I were talking, um, speaking of college, I know that you, you know, we were talking here for a few minutes about the fact that a lot of your clients are younger, um, couples are younger, so they have young children, and yeah. uh, college is a thing that that's on the minds of, of parents. As a financial advisor, you know, people come to me to talk about college savings, but the reality is like college planning is like this entire subculture of planning and um, we're, we're both parents and we have, we each have a kid who's going to be in, who's staring down college and goodness, in less than a year and a half, hopefully, right? Ho- hopefully. hopefully, hopefully. And it's, I, I look at it, I'm like, ah, oh, what, what do I do next? I'm supposed to know this stuff, right? Yeah. And I, I've even, uh, you know, over the years asked you some questions about college funding. How did I, did I answer good? <laughs> well, I think the answer was like, Get started. Get, you know, start, get started start saving. saving. Start yeah, saving start now. Saving. Well, that, that actually might be good advice, but we have uh, with us today a special guest, and I'm excited um, to be able to lean on experts in the college planning field. Our guest today yeah. is John uh, Hoopalo. John is the founder uh, of Invite Education in My College Corner. John, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. Great to be with you and the doctor. I don't think I've been with a doctor before. This is quite an honor. Thank you. We'll, we'll, like a, uh, we'll analyze you while we talk. <laughs> It's a um, a counseling session here. John, tell us a little bit more about yourself and and how you became an expert in this field. Uh, Eric, my story is kind of your story. I was really um, happy to hear you say that, uh, you know, Matt asked you some questions. You said, wait a minute, I'm supposed to know this stuff. That's how I started Invite Education. Mm -hmm. Uh, I spent uh, 20 plus years in the investment banking world. Uh, working with like folks like your Louisiana secondary market for student loans. I was doing a bunch of debt financing for them. And that kind of got into, got me into understanding about private credit student loans. I really love that subject. Nobody else wanted to talk about it. And I I thought it was kind of cool. So like in the nineties, I was talking about private credit student loans. I helped a bunch of states start their programs, Um, really got involved with it. And then eventually uh, became the CFO of a publicly traded student loan company. A financial professional like yourself, uh, Eric, knows that in 2008, that was not a good place to be. <laughs> the mm. whole thing kind of blew up. 
Uh, so I went off. And just about that time, my, my daughters, who are now 27 and 25, uh, they were getting into that college process, kind of like exactly where you guys are. And it's like, all right, cool. You know, I, I know this stuff. So I go to the soccer fields and the cocktail parties around town. And, and all of a sudden, my friends are saying, well, my guy told me this and my guy told me that. I'm like, wait a minute, guys, that's just not right. And then I started to realize I didn't understand this either. Like from, from yeah. like you said, like I know how to finance it, but I didn't know about all the rest of it. So uh, my wife uh, and I started talking about this and she she was really the expert. Right? She's going to school. She knows all this stuff with the, the, the counselors. And I said, there's an easier way to do this. So out of that whole thing, Invite Education started. I want to try to demystify the process of planning and paying for college. Co-founder of Invite Education, uh, it was helped start the 529 college savings business in the U.S. in the 90s. It was a client of mine. We became friends. So we started this business and said, you know, we really want to try to help people just get right to, you know, cut through all the nonsense and go fog and like just let's give good practical advice to people about what they can do to demystify and get away from that overwhelming and anxious feeling about, oh, no, college. You know, most people rather go to the dentist than talk about, you know, planning and paying for college. <laughs> You know, in New Orleans, a lot of a lot of families send their kids to um, parochial schools here, private schools, and they're practically paying college tuition for high school. So I sit with clients and they're like, oh, we got to start saving for for college. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, w w with what money? You're not even funding your retirement. You're 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 going into debt to pay for high school. How, how do where do you, I don't even know where to begin sometimes. Yeah, you know what? Um, my parents were faced with that exact same question. Uh, it, it's it's kind of interesting you, you say that because um, I'm from New York and, you know, we, we had a good public school system, but not a great public school system. And whatever it was, my mom, of course, had in her head, well, I'm going to send, you know, John to a, a private Catholic. It turned out to be all boys. You want to talk about a testosterone factory, <laughs> all boys, private Catholic high school. Right. It was great. Um, but they, they kind of made that decision. And, and, you know, when I talked to them afterward, because the same thing, you know, back then it was, it was like real money uh, to send, you know, a kid yeah. to a school like that. Right. So, um, you know, they said to me, look, we felt like it was our obligation to kind of get you to the starting line in college. And then we we're going to either figure it out or you would figure it out or together it would happen. But we figured there'd be some school that you could go to that'd be great and you'd, and, and you'd, you'd be OK. Um, and I, I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, I think a lot of parents um, have that perspective that we're going to do the best we can and we're going to kind of figure it out. Um, the problem for some families are when they get to that, we're going to figure it out point. That's when they like start over leveraging. Right. And the, the emotion mm -hmm. overtakes the reality of like what this experience really means and how much it's going to cost. And so they go, oh, OK, fine. You know, maybe I didn't save a lot, but I have something in my 401k and you know, every time I read this advice and I see it in the Wall Street Journal once in a while, I want to pull my hair out. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, borrow against your 401k because you can pay yourself back the interest. Like mm. you know, there's a worse idea that's probably out there. But, you know, it's not there aren't too many that are that bad for families mm. thinking about how to pay yeah. for college. So uh, real quick on that point, since you brought that up, why is borrowing from your 401k such a bad idea to pay for college? Well, because I, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, you can't borrow for your retirement, right? Uh, so what your nest egg is, and, and you think about like the time period when parents are doing that, they're doing that probably like their mid to late 40s or 50s, right? When they got to get that compounding effect. Yep. And boy, if you start to erode the principle of your, of your retirement account, then that could be a real disaster for you when you're 65. Hmm. Yeah. Anecdotally, I've seen, I've seen that where people may change jobs and they move their 401k and then all of a sudden they have to recharacterize that loan as a distribution and they get nailed with taxes and penalties. That's a, that's, that's, that's good. 
Um, so let, let's kind of start there. You know, when I think of college, you know, as a, as a parent of three kids, I think, oh my goodness, it is. So I got my diploma behind me. You know, if you're, if, I don't know if you can, if you're watching this video, but I've got a, a piece of paper framed behind me to remind me just how expensive college is. And I went to Tulane down here in New Orleans and expensive, man. How, how, where do we even start in trying to understand how to afford college? I think it's really important to start where you can. I think the most practical advice I give folks is, look, you can go and use mycollegecorner.com. We have a bunch of like free calculators and stuff. So you can go and you can go around and, you know, find all these calculators and say, okay, you know, what is school going to cost when my three-year-old is 18 or when my 16-year-old is, you know, like where you guys are, you know, what, what is it going to cost? You can look at that number. And the problem is sometimes it's so big that people just say, all right, I have to put my head in there. They don't mean to, but they put their head in their sand. Mm-hmm. They walk away and say, I'll figure it out later. And I think that really the, the best piece of advice, uh, Eric, you gave Matt when he said, what should I do with savings? Is say, start now, right? No matter how old your kid is, I don't care if they're like six months from graduating from high school or they're six months old, just mm-hmm. open a savings plan and start saving. And so I say, you know, never too early, never too late to start saving. And the other, um, we actually trademarked this at Invite Education. My, my favorite phrase is, saving a dollar today is better than borrowing one tomorrow, yeah. right? And so that kind of like puts it all together. And, and so, you know, just to amplify that a little bit, you know, the beauty of saving, obviously, when a child's younger is you, you have two advantages. One, you get the compounding effect of all the growth. And if you do it in the right vehicle, like a 529 college savings vehicle, it's all tax-free growth. So that's really beautiful, right? And the mm-hmm. second part is um, when the child's younger, you can ride out some of the cycles that we see, right? With financial professionals, you know, we know that there are going to be cycles. There'll be ups and downs. And you don't want to get stuck in one of those situations where you're on a big down and all of a sudden you need that money, right? So there are ways to protect yourself um, in these 529 college savings investment plans um, to try to really – uh, lessen the impact of that event, the cycle risk that you have. So starting young, let you ride through some cycles, you know, get tax advantage. And then starting late, the other part of that is that something like 60% of kids take at least six years to graduate from college. And, you know, none of us want to say that, oh, you know, that's going to be my kid, but, you know, only 40%. 60%, yeah. yeah. It's undergrad. That's that's for undergrad, right? That's, that's not, we're not talking yeah. about like six years and you come out with a master's. No, no, no. That's just to get through. And, and so, you know, there are a lot of reasons for that. But but the reality is, and the point about saving, even if you have a high school junior or senior, you know, you can make these uh, plans. You might get the tax break uh, that, uh, for these plans. That's number one. That's really good. And number two, the reality is you're going to have expenses for the next four or six years in front of you. So you might as well, again, save a dollar today so you don't have to borrow it tomorrow. I want to to ask that sometimes it's a, it's a controversial question. Uh, You know, we, we, we tell our kids that they can be anything that they put their minds to. And I never want to be the person that tells someone that they can't do something, but realistically, um, you know, we push, you know, our, our, our society, we push for four-year college. I'm just curious from what you're seeing, um, is, is every kid, is, is four-year college for every kid? Is that, should that be the goal? Do you have any kind of rules in terms of how parents and, and, and these students should make decisions in terms of what, what's next for them? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a really great question. And I'm going to take the frame and broaden it a little bit. I, I think generally the problem the problem is that emotion overwhelms the whole process, right? 
So you're, you've got this, just see where you guys are right now with your 16-year-olds, right? In, in New York, they're starting to drive. Um, they're becoming a lot more independent. You want to teach them up until they're 16 years old to, like, take care of themselves and become more, you know, self-reliant and all that. And then they start turning all that back at you, right? <laughs> so no, 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 okay, no. Well, wait, you taught me to, like, be independent. So that's why I'm making this decision. But they're still only 16, 17, or 18 years old. So you got a lot of that stuff going on there. They're also, you start to realize, oh, where did these 16 years go? Like, I remember they were crawling around on the floor and now they're driving my car, which means they're going to be out the door. And that means, you know, we're not going to have them in the house. And the, all of a sudden, like that separation, I know what happened in my house. You know, oh, wow, we're starting to take them on college tours, which means they're not going to be living with us much longer. Right. And so that's like for a lot of people, you know, really mixed kind of emotion. So I found what parents start to do in that situation is think they're going to make up for like all the wrongs. So you start thinking, about, oh, if only I did this for the kid or I did that for the kid. So you know what? I'm going to like make it good for him right here. Whatever school, like, and I tell people, you know, a, a sign of love for your child is not sending them to the most expensive school they get into, right? The idea is to find a school that works. And that to exactly to your point, and, and I think, Eric, that that's the home run number one question is, what does this student really want to do? Right. You can get a great job in the trades today, you know, become an apprentice or do something. You don't have to go to college to have a, a good life for yourself. Um, you don't have to go to a four year school to be successful. Right. You can go to a two year school, try it out. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. You don't spend a lot of money. OK, but there are different paths. And, and I think that um, as a result of the financial crisis in 2007, 2008, 2009, you know, a lot of those kids were really young, this, this generation, but they're around, right? And some of them sort of, I know my girls, um, when they were going through that process, they saw their friends, uh, fathers losing jobs. Luckily, I, I, when, I, when I lost my job, I was able to sort of get out of it pretty quickly. But there's some people that didn't happen for. So this generation of kids are like a little bit more practical saying, Jen, I don't really think I want to like do something just because I think my mom wants me to or I'm doing this for my father. One, they've got to want to go. Two, they've got to understand that, you've got to have some skin in this game. Like this really is your life. You're driving my car now. You know, you make a bad decision and wreck the car. You, you've hurt yourself. You've hurt the family. Same kind of thing going to college, right? You know, you go there and, and you have some real problems. It's, it's still not just about you. So I think that all that stuff is going on, right? And I don't know, Matt, you, you counsel people, you know, who are emotionally through this. And that's why I think yeah. your show is so cool. It's like, you know, there's emotion and there's money and there are yeah. kids. Like that's a really interesting combination. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking about, uh, you know, your your statement earlier about how emotion really overwhelms the whole process. And and so what you're talking about is that there's a developmental stage that's predictable in families. It's when the, the kids reach the age where they're starting to leave home and that that developmental stage in and of itself has its own embedded emotion. And and it's it's predictable for people who work with families. We see this happen over and over again. And so when you when you take that like predictable embedded emotion and mix it with this really life altering decision about go, where to go to college, when to go to college and how to pay for it, it does seem like it's a really emotion filled moment, few years for for families and kids. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's where, frankly, you guys can be really helpful in this because um, the, 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 the this whole college process doesn't have to be a mystery, right? There's, there's a certain, and there are only a discrete number of things you have to do. It's not like you have to do 10,000 things exactly right in a row. You know, you basically have to go 
kind of identify a college that is a good fit and a good fit is academic, sort of social, emotional and financial. Right. So there are three aspects of that. And then you have to go through the process. You know, maybe maybe the groups, uh, maybe not your juniors, but maybe your 14 and seven year olds, they might not have to take tests down the road. Right. You know, this whole this whole thing is sort of evolving in an interesting way. There's something going on. But the idea is you have to show that you're academically qualified. They want people who are well-rounded, so they've done something, maybe they're Boy Scouts or in the band or they're athletes or whatever it is. And then you put that down on paper and you send it in and they say, okay, you can come to our school, right? And, and so at a high level, that process hasn't changed in a really long time. You know, yeah. So the, if you can find a way to um, divorce the emotion from that and just say, look, here are the facts, right? Here's how much we've saved. Here's how much it costs. Here's how much financial aid you can or did get. Can we afford it? Is this a good fit? It's just not that complicated, but the emotion makes it really complicated. Yeah. And, and that emotion um, is affected by how the parents view themselves, their own success, the college that they went to, the dreams that they have for their kid, uh, the expectations that they have for their kid's future and career. All of that is just really embedded and, and, and almost, yeah, not in a, a negative way always, but almost contaminating the decision for so many families. It's, it's, it, we're not often making rational decisions at that point. We're just, we're, we're, it's a very emotion filled decision. You know, it's i uh, I'm holding up the book. Uh, Peter and I co-authored plan and finance your family's college dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know that that's the whole thing. It's like that dream and college it, dream. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's your, and you don't want it to turn into a nightmare. And, you know, yeah. if, if you're not careful about it, um, sometimes that can happen. But again, it, it is that idea. Uh, I think in the book, in the, in the full, we wrote something like, you know, it's it's sort of like the daily double of parental anxiety. It's about your kids and your money. Right. And, yeah. you know, out, out of those two things, that's really, you know, throw health in there, I guess, is that the other thing we worry about is at a high level. But, yeah. you know, there you have it. And like you're saying, it's a developmental stage and we all go through it. But not enough people recognize that. And to me, Matt, that's the kind of thing where it's, you said it right, predictable, right? You're a, you're a professor of all this, so so how do you get that message out there that you know to the sophomores and the and the freshmen, the eighth grade parents that hey, by the way, red light coming, this is yeah. going to happen in your family, no yeah. question. Yeah, um, what are you, I? I think you work with families and 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 help people make these decisions. So what? What kind of impacts or stress impacts do you see on the family as they're making these decisions and, and signing up for college? And I'm a couples therapist. So what impact do you see on the couple as they're making these decisions? You know, in our um, actually um, in our business, we don't deal directly with families day in and day out. Um, but yeah. we we work with uh, counselors and others who do. Um, so invite education, our, our business um, from the high level is to provide calculators and search engines and content. So we know a lot about this. And as a result of that, in our background, we have a lot of so I can't we have a lot of, um, you know, sort of anecdotal d- conversations we have with people about this. So I, I can't really cite, you know, this is what I'm seeing personally. It's a more anecdotal. And you guys would have better um, uh, insight into that than I do. Well, just just even thinking about your own experience or your friend's experience. Um, this decision of sending your kids to college ends up affecting the couple, the mm-hmm. family, siblings. I imagine all of that is is affected by the stress. Well, it, it does. And, you know, it goes back to what you said earlier, um, you know, for a couple, 
Um, and the fact that the couple and each individual in the couple has a dream for themselves, which may or may not have been fulfilled, and for what they want for their kids, which may or may not have been fulfilled. And therefore, you know, that gives you that opportunity to, to do that headbutting on every every level. So, you know, gee, you know, um, for instance, yeah. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example of this. Um, and, you know, my daughter, one of my daughters is dyslexic. Um, so early on in her development, um, my wife said she has a problem like in like like when she was five and, you know, her friends were reading and she wasn't and she's smart and you knew that. And and so I was no, no. And, and I'll never forget this. We went and a bunch of testing. And the at the end, they said, oh, so by the way, um, when she reads, she's going to say something he and you're going to say, no, that says the. And this is like exactly what happened to us. And then the next sentence, my daughter would read and she would say he and I said, come on, pay attention. And so like all that. And so actually, when they got to college, you know, it's like, oh, part of this process is like knowing what she really needs, not what I want her to have. Right. You know, and the same yeah. same thing of like, you know, frankly, if I got into MIT, I would have been a, a crashing failure. Right. I just didn't have the sort of the, the brain power to be an MIT person. But I. I went to Boston University, had a great education there. I ran track. I had a good time. My daughters, same thing. They found schools. And I say they because that was really not I didn't find it for them. Hmm. But they found schools that were the right level for them academically, socially. And I think one of the difficult things, and Matt, you can talk about this better than I can, is where do you trust the kid to actually make that really important big financial decision at 17 or 18? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a great question, and I think that um, it's not a it's not a mo- for families that do it well. It's not a moment in time. It's a decision that they've been talking about for years. They've been kind of uh, mapping out the landscape for years about your what are your interests, um, how mature are you? Here's our financial situation. Here's the facts of the cost of the education. So put all those factors in and kids are super smart. Kids are, can, can use information. Well, they can find the information and put it together. And, and so kids can really, I, I, I think can really participate in a meaningful way in this decision-making process. I I've been saying to my kids over the years, um, and you guys can tell me if, if you think this is good advice or not, but I've been saying to the kids, go to the best school for you that you can get into that we can afford. Yeah. <laughs> and all three of those factors are important. So it's a it's a good match for you, as you were talking about socially and academically. It's a it, you can get into it. So it's you're not you're not going to be the the smallest fish in the big pond. Um, and we can afford it. It's not beyond our abilities. And And I just think as a professor, I know there's colleges out there that meet those criteria. For, for every student, no, no question. It's it's yeah. a matter of you know finding them. And uh, gee, uh, I know Eric. It sounds like uh, I wish Matt were my dad because <laughs> he would tell me that. You know that that's what I want to hear. You know, you're kind of empowering me, but you're being realistic. And I, I think the the hard part in that conversation is the like the affordability part. You know, mm-hmm. there was some survey um, that was done that, that said that parents would rather talk to their kids about sex than money. Right. Like overwhelmingly, like two thirds. I like, just don't don't want to go near. This is how much I because, again, it's a signal of how successful. Right. That's the yeah. that's kind of the measure. Like, did, do can we afford this or not? And so you don't want to say like, I can't afford that. Right. And and I think that that I, I talk about it in terms of being uh, it's like a, a realistic optimism. 
right? So you want to be a realistic optimist because, yeah, good things can happen. But that old adage, and I kind of live my life and we run our business this way, is that, you know, you hope for the best, but you plan for the worst. Uh, so if you get to that bottom line where you say, you know what, if we get here, we're going to have to find a different pool. It's possible. And I think engaging the kid in that sort of early, like early, meaning eighth grade, ninth grade, you know, and so I was going to say sort of concretely what parents can do, what students can do is go and use a, a college search or go and use like our, uh, you know, our, this is all free. So we, we don't, you know, we're not, I'm not pushing people there because we're going to make money, but go use like a college savings estimator where it links the actual cost of the college and like what you would have to save or you can't save. And only, only for the purpose of understanding what that is, because the reality is you don't know, you have no idea if a college is affordable for you until you get the financial aid award letter in your hand. Right. Because it might be that you're going to get a full ride with all grants and all academics. And the mo- what you think is the most expensive school that you could never afford may be perfectly affordable. On the other hand, you might get a letter saying, sorry, no, no aid. Oh, no aid. We don't have a lot of savings. And that's when people run down that rabbit hole. Of, OK, student loans and parent loans. And, you know, I'm going to leverage myself. And that's, I think, part of that whole slippery slope that gets you to a bad result, but it doesn't have to be that way. So I'd like, I'd love for you, John, to walk me through that uh, a, a little bit on the, the website. I mean, we can't, we can't do it together on a website, but you can kind of tell me the steps So the, my college corner website. Um, I, I have my Virginia tech shirt on today. I went to Virginia tech. So if I were thinking about being an undergrad at, at Virginia tech next year, what information could I plug in and what could I find out through the through the the tools that you have available to people? Yeah, so you go I'm, to my I'm, I'm thinking about assigning this to my kids over the weekend, you know, <laughs> pick a college that you think oh, no. you're interested in. Yeah. Well, well, don't tell them that I, that I caused this. OK, <laughs> I won't implicate you at all. I'll, I'll blame me. I won't do, they, do they listen to the show, Matt? Because if they listen, <laughs> not, not very often. OK, good. So, uh, so you can go to uh, mycollegecorner.com, and there's a college search function there. There's a financial aid calculator that will give you a high-level idea how much aid you might be av- available for. And there's a scholarship search, so you can go and, like, look around. And there's also um, a blog post uh, there. Uh, there all kinds of different information there about, like, how grandparents can help save and mm-hmm. how to um, pay for college and all that sort of stuff. You can go and kind of look at all that. But I think finding these kinds of resources uh, yeah. are really important. And, and just say, go, yeah, go, you know, you want to go to VT, you know, what is it going to cost you? You know, you can poke, poke in your, put in your year and you see what it's going to cost. Uh, there, are, there are great opportunities to do that. Um, and not just our tools. There are the college board has tools. Others have tools. Um, my, my point on all of this is there's a lot of free resources out there. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. um, spend, you know, a lot of time, you know, pushing people toward, um, you know, some of these apps where, you know, for $3 a month or whatever, I, I think, you know, quite honestly, people like Eric and you, we have a relationship with the family and, and they come with their specific um, issues and say, okay, this is what we're dealing with. I need some help. Um, that's really good. But I also, uh, there's a, there was a retailer in New York called Cy Sims. And he said, uh, my best customer is an educated consumer. And what he liked was, you know, somebody went shopping a little bit first and came in and said, okay, now I've got these questions. Like, so I'm not telling them what FAFSA stands for. They kind of know that, but they're asking me, okay, how do I do best with the FAFSA form, right? So um, get that kind of information in advance. And, and I, I don't think it's too early for, for kids to do that either. You know, just go find, go, go find me a school you think you'd like to go to, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And and let's, want... let's plug in the numbers and, and run some numbers and get some facts. And once we get some facts, then we can have a much more informed and less emotional discussion around this really important yeah. decision. I want to, I want to take a step back because we're going to do, we're going to record another um, episode here and we're going to talk specifically about student loan debt. And, and I think we're going to tie into some of the, the cost of college and FAFSA and all that. But I want to, I want to take a step back to something that both of you have been saying that I think is, is um, super important. It goes back to kind of the opening statements about where can you start, just start now. And I think, I think Matt, you nailed it on the head where um, you're having those, these conversations with your kid early. And John, you talked about the fact that um, people don't want to talk about money. It is taboo. It's something that Matt and I have talked about often, that money is, is more taboo than, than sex. But I think with our kids, we, we, we underestimate their ability to understand money. And I think part of it is our own, our own obstacles in understanding money. But the earlier that we start talking to kids about money and the cost of things, not just college, the cost of things, the cost of living, the cost of going to the zoo, the cost mm -hmm. of a snowball, the cost of going on vacation, not, not to scare them or to, 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 to force them to have to learn how to deal with money too young or to, or to burden them with these, with these concerns. Is, but once you start connecting someone to the actual cost of something, they can start to think about things differently. And I think that kids do have the ability to, to make responsible decisions, even at 16 and even at 17 before their frontal lobe is fully developed. Um, yeah. If we as parents start early enough and start having these conversations with them. So I think it is um, super important that we have these conversations with them about money and affordability. And I think that our kids will surprise us. Well, I think there's no question about that. Um, and it, it goes back to what I asked earlier. And it's the, it's the whole trust factor thing, right? You know, you, you've, you've raised your kids as, as well as you can. You've done the best. As you said, a lot of families in New Orleans are sending their kids to parochial schools or private schools or charter schools or whatever to, to try and get the best education they can, lay that foundation for them to be successful in life. Uh, and you want to trust them to, to do the right thing. And I think you're right. We have to trust them uh, that they're picking up. I was doing some some reading one one time not too long ago about this. And just like the simple fact in, in the old days when we used to carry cash around, you know, just watching that transaction, a small child watching that money go across. OK, it came from us. It went to them. You know, maybe now they're seeing the credit cards, you know, the, the, that sort of thing. Same thing that they start to value, you know, and and it comes, you know, in stages of like just how important that is. And, you know, again, same thing, you know, kids start driving cars, they start getting part time jobs and then they realize just how expensive it is to live. And then my, my all time, both my daughters went through this. They got their first paycheck. You know, they thought they were going to make, you know, I'm going to say $30,000 just to use a number. And then all of a sudden their first paycheck was like a lot less. And they're like, well, wait a minute. When I did the math, I thought I was going to make this. Not, well, what about taxes? Taxes? What is that all about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to I ask, a, a get y'all's opinion on this, like on, on a values based kind of question about college. Because I'll talk to people who um, who are hell bent on just from a value standpoint, like my responsibility as a parent is to pay for them to get through college. And then they're on their own. I talk to other people who are like, no, I want to get them to college. After that, they're on their own. They got to figure it out. Uh, so I'm curious to get y'all's thoughts on that. 
Well, I'll, I'll go first, Matt, and you can give us the real answer. But <laughs> <laughs> Is there a real answer? Is there a correct uh, yeah. answer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, every, everyone is different. And, and also my parents took the perspective, you know, I'm going to kind of get you to college. And there, by the way, I'm the only one in my uh, family who went to college. I have a brother and a sister. I'm the only one who went. Um, both of them uh, also went to pr- uh, private school. No, my brother went to a private school. My sister went to a local um, high school. Uh, but, you know, m- my parents' view was, you know, we're going to kind of get you there and then you, you kind of figure it out, which is was what happened. Uh, but you're right. I think people are sort of all over the board on that. And are, um, you know, the reality is um, you probably figured that out um, when the kid was like four or five, just how you raised them. Right. And so I don't know, Matt, it doesn't, doesn't seem like all of a sudden you, you have this like epiphany of like, OK, this is what it's going to be. It seems in my family anyway, it was pretty clear to me I was going to college. And I was going to figure out like how to make that happen. Yeah, I I think that uh, families do have some expressed or unexpressed expectations around their kids' future. I think that that's probably been a part of the family lore or or story for a long time as the kids coming up and growing up. Um, I think you know I I expect my kids to go to college. I I hope that they go to college. Um, I think that not everybody needs to go to college, but everybody needs a profession that um, supports them. And so I I'm Eric, to answer your question more directly, I'm in the place now where I do think that for families who can should should help finance their kid getting into their profession just because um, that the the taking on the burden of that debt can be so expensive for the kid long term if, if parents can help, help with that, help offset that to some extent, maybe not all of it, but to some extent, um, I think that really is making an investment in your family's future for generations. So not just your kid, but then their kids. So I think that's a really good use of family money is to help offset some of those, the expenses of achieving a profession. So I'm not, I'm not just into like the, you know, let's go pay for a degree, but let's go pay for a a degree that leads to a profession, I think is a really good investment for families. Well, I mean, by, by the, by the very uh, definition of the term investment, right? You're spending money to make more money. Right? Yeah. That, that, that yeah. But the, lots of people call things investments that aren't investments. Not. Like, Hey, you want to make an investment in these, you should go invest in some new golf clubs. Yeah. They're not, that's not an investment. <laughs> Those not, are toys. Yeah. That's, that's not an investment. Well, look, th- this is what we're going to do. We're, not, we're not for me because golf doesn't make me any money. It doesn't make any money. That's where yeah. all the deals are closed, man. Right on the golf well, course. I mean, if, if that's the case and maybe it is an investment, um, John, tell us a little bit. Cause what we're going to do here is we're going to, we're going to wrap this episode up and then we're going to record an episode specifically about, about funding, affordability of college, student loan debt, because that's kind of your wheelhouse. And and um, I think there's going to be some really practical, maybe some tactical things in that conversation. But why don't you um, close us out here with, we, we've talked a little bit about some of the resources that you have. Tell us a little bit more about how people can access your the tools that you've created. Um, are, are your tools public facing? Do they access them through advisors? Uh, give us a little bit about that and uh, and then we'll wrap up here. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and the answer is sort of both ways. Actually, when we start our business and, and, and uh, still today, um, if, if no one knows who Invite Education is because our clients are using white label, meaning tools with their brand, then we're happy for that. 
I know we went to, I showed you mycollegecorner.com. There are others, uh, the state of Louisiana has some great, you know, you should go up on the, on the state sites, Mm -hmm. guidance counselors, the high school counselors, they, they have great resources. I guess my point is that um, there are good resources out there and, you know, maybe Matt, part of the, Part of the thing is, you know, go find me, you know, two resources about how you're going to go and, and figure out how you're going to get to college and pay for it and, you know, find a school. But, um, you know, again, just uh, the teach a man to fish thing is so important, right? You know, just say to the kids, yeah. we, we, here's the end result. Go find some resources. They're out there. Um, again, we, we love it when people give us feedback on how we can make our tools better. We get that a lot and, and we do that. Uh, so you can go to mycollegecorner.com or um, you know, uh, one of your neighboring states, Arkansas, has a arcollegesaver.org where we have about six or seven different tools there, including the savings estimator and some others. And again, you know, um, it's it's product agnostic, brand agnostic. They're just good tools that are out there that folks are using. So hopefully we'll be able to do that. And they'll. I think, Matt, your point is going to end on this note, just just the facts, ma'am. Just give me the facts, right? And let's let's get it. That'll keep the emotion, hopefully, tamped down a little bit, and uh, families will make better fact-based decisions about what the right school is for its fam for a child and how affordable that school is. Yeah, let's get the information early. Um, you know, before the junior year, before the senior year, before the summer between senior year and college. Let's get the information early. So that as a family, we can have some realistic conversations about uh, the future of your education and career. I think that's so important. Awesome. John, well, thanks for your time. Um, you know, as Matt talked about the investment in, in, in a profession, it's a good use of money. Um, there's a lot of emotions involved in this. So this is a, it's nice to, to be able to talk about the money side, the emotional side, then have an expert in the field kind of help us sort through all that. And um, uh, if you enjoyed what you heard here, go check out um, mycollegecorner.com and be sure to listen into our next episode where John's going to talk to us a little bit about funding college and more of the, the tactical or, or practical, if you will, paying for college. So thanks for joining us today. And it is always a good idea to not just invest in your profession, but invest in your relationships. Amen. Dr. Matt Morris maintains an active private practice for couples and families in the greater New Orleans area. To learn more about his work, visit drmattmorris.com. Eric Garcia can be found online at plan-wisely.com. His branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. Entities listed are not affiliated.